Hey guys, so we get to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere you can get your podcast. So we're just so thankful you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. So first podcast of 2023, guys, I'm pumped. This is also episode 250. So that is a huge milestone for, you know, the past six years of this podcast. I can't even explain to you guys. I wish I could, but I can't explain um, just how much you guys have helped us. I never, when I first started this podcast on day one, I never thought, I didn't do it for, you know, just to start one. You know, I did it to see, man, let's see if somebody else needs help with this. Um, And, you know, we've all grown together and come together. Um, You guys have helped this podcast. You've you sustain to it. You represent with the merch. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And the whole goal of this is what can we do to help people? You know, that's the goal of it. And it just doesn't feel like work. So this has been a quick, you know, six years and just so thankful for you guys and everything you do for the podcast. I, I just can't thank you guys enough. So um, this is just going to be a, a, an audio podcast today. Um, I'm sitting here in my office and, and I've got some stuff out. I want you to invite you guys on what I'm seeing this morning. It's 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 crazy. The stuff I'm seeing this morning as we're pulling some stuff out from the text. Um and quick plug, if if you're in the area and and you want to study, I mean I just we just had a couple the other day. We have some really good whiteboard sessions and study sessions here. So uh we really want you guys to be a part of that too. Um okay so as we're as we're looking at some stuff here, um here's our podcast for, for this year, the first one of 2023. What's going to happen this year? <laughs> What's going to happen this year? You know, remember growing up when cell phones first came out that there was a thing called rollover minutes? <laughs> and remember, if you weren't texting people all the time, if you weren't calling people all the time, you had a certain amount of minutes. And those minutes that you didn't use for last month, they would roll over into the new minutes for the new cycle for the next month, right? So I've always kind of thought about, you know, going into a new year like that. You know, obviously 2022, we understand all the things that happen in its entirety because the year's over. So we understand the good things that happened in 2022. We understand the bad things that happened that we really didn't like in 2022. And naturally, just like those rollover minutes, sometimes I wonder, just like you might wonder, what's going to roll over? You know, am I on pace to keep the good things happening? Am I on pace for chaos to happen? And well, I mean, what's going to roll over from 2022 to that's going to shape my 2023, right? So what's going to happen this year? What's going to happen? So here's what I'm seeing uh, from the text. So first, I want to start with the principle before we really get into what we're going to conversate on today. So the principle is actually found in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse 10. Um, and that's such a, such a great principle that Solomon gives us here in the text, but Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, uh, verse number 10, he says, say not thou, or do not say, what is the cause that the former days were better than these days? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. So Solomon, even in his wisdom, like it's, it's not the wisest thing to think about the former days 
um, because we don't inquire wisely because we're not in the season of where the Lord wants us to be right now, as he talks about earlier on in the book in Ecclesiastes chapter two and three. But here's what what's going to happen this year. Here's what I see that this year is going to be as I'm pulling stuff out. Now, as as we're studying and conversing, I got my Bible, I got my books out in front of me, and I got these things, so I want to invite you in on this study. And again, if you see some stuff, let me know, DM me, um, and, and we can help each other study. But what we're going to look at, so we're going to look at a little bit from Zechariah. We're going to look at a little bit from Ezra. We're going to look at a little bit at Haggai. But all these things connect together, and I hope that this can kind of give us um, like some new insight on what can happen this year, okay? So here's what I'm seeing, okay, as we're conversating. Here's what I'm seeing. Number one, this year will be the year of small things. This year will be the year of small things. Now, when you think about coming into the new year, we obviously know, like we said before, we know what happened in 2022. So we understand what broke, what didn't work, all those things in 2022. So this year, and I'm not saying it's a it's a bad thing to do. I'm not saying that at all. But just naturally, because of we know what worked and didn't work in 2022, we hype up 2023 so much. So that's why the whole month of January, basically until Valentine's Day, all of us are in this honeymoon phase of 2022. Or 23, because it's fun, it's fresh, it's new, it's different, it's the idea of a new opportunity. And so we think, man, something big is going to happen. Big, 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 big. And so we sit and we expect big, 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 big in 2023. Not saying that it can't happen, but I want you to look at what, what we're seeing here in the text. Look at Zechariah chapter 4. Okay, so as you're looking there, as you're driving, as you're walking, here's some background as you're turning there, as we're starting this. So Zerubbabel, through the help of King Cyrus from the book of Ezra, is helping to build the temple and the foundations again. So understanding the walls, the temple was, was crushed, right? So now the temple is being rebuilt again, okay? So notice what God is saying here to Zechariah in Zechariah chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. The hands of Zerubbabel, who's building it, right, like we said, He's laid the foundations of this house and his hands will finish the house. And you will know that the Lord has sent me unto you. Now look at verse 10. This is crazy. For who has despised the day of the small things? Isn't it interesting how that's what we tell each other to despise? Well, you need to do big, big things. You, I mean, you're going to do great things. You're going to do amazing things. This is going to be this. Again, we're not saying, saying that is wrong. But look at the question, guys, that God is asking. Who among you, who despises the day of the small things? So I want you to think about this temple for a second. What's the temple that they were normally used to? The, and we're going to look at this because all this is going to connect. They're used to Solomon's temple. Now, you remember how big, I mean, Solomon's temple was like a mansion. You know, it was huge, gold. Everything's laid out in gold. I mean, wood's being shipped in. All these people are doing all this for the, for the temple. And this temple is so grand. But that temple that everybody saw that was so amazing, it's crushed. It's crushed now. So now Zerubbabel is building the new temple. But as they're building the new temple, 
man, this is not like the this is not like the old one. This is not like the former days. This is not like when things were good. So God is asking as this is happening, why are you despising the day of the small things? You know, you ever hear the phrase, you bit off more than you can chew? You, you ever do that in life before? You bit off a little bit too much? Sometimes what we do in life is we bite off a little bit too much rather than starting small. I've done that. I'm sure you've done that as well. Great things and great people are built from starting small. But we, we kind of have this mindset of we want everything really fast. We want everything built now. We want everything when everyone else has it. But we have to start small. We can't despise the small things. You know, think about, think about the temple. Right. So now look at this. Look at Ezra chapter three. Again, keep this in mind. All of this is going to connect. So Ezra chapter three and verse 12. Look at this. So and then we're going to go heavy application, but we got to understand these foundations here um, as we're looking at this. So Ezra chapter three, verse 12, same temples being built, same people. But verse 12, many of the priests and the Levites and the chief fathers who were the ancient men who had seen the first house when the foundations of the new house was laid before their eyes, they wept with a loud voice. But then many shouted with joy. So look at what's happening here. As they're building this new temple, some of the ancient men who saw the, the, the old foundation, man, this is nothing to what we've seen before. So they started crying. This is, this is not what we've seen before. But then you have some who were new, who may not have seen the first temple. They're shouting with joy because God said, we can do it. We're building this. We didn't see the first one, but this is such great work before us, ahead of us right now. So isn't that what we do sometimes with our years? Some of us right now are thinking about past years. My life is just not what it used to be. Things aren't, things aren't how I used to I used to have it. Things change. Then we kind of have this laissez-faire about life, you know, and then we tell, and then we look at people and they're so excited about their life. They're so excited about, you know, their future. But then we, in our bitterness and we in our laissez-faire life, well, just keep living. You know, you'll be where I am eventually. You'll see what I see eventually. Yeah, that joy, you might keep it, but most likely it's probably not going to happen for you either. So some of us are spending our years and our lives despising the small things and weeping like the old ancient men and women were. Some of us are shouting for joy. Some of us are seeing things for the first time. Some of us are seeing things fresh. Some of us are seeing things totally new and we're just so pumped and excited and ready to go. So that it's interesting as the same temple is being built you have the same group of people, but they're split. One group is so worried about it not looking like the old one. And the other group is so excited that this is new. So here's the thing. Why does the Lord work in small things? Because when you work in small things as you're building something, no matter what that thing is, if you're building a business, if you're building your Christian life, if, if you're building whatever you're building, 
in order to build anything, number one, it takes vision to build. It takes thought to build. It takes prayer to build. It takes work to build. It takes waiting to build. Well, how do we know that? What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18? Upon this rock, I will build my church. So was the church built the moment that Jesus was born in Matthew chapter 1 and 2? So here's what's interesting. Why didn't Jesus, why wasn't he built like Adam was built? Adam was built a grown man. How come, how come Jesus wasn't built like a grown man? And how come Jesus wasn't built and then the moment he was made from dust, then he could build the church? Because that's not what God's plan was. God literally started small. It wasn't time yet. Jesus was born. Jesus developed. Jesus grew. Jesus built in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So guess what? For you, maybe all these years that we believe things are going to roll over into next year and into next year and to next year and to next year. And the next thing you know, you're, you're 50 because that's the mindset that we've had for every year. Maybe what we're doing is we're starting off too big and then, then we end up weeping like those people did. But why not start small? Make it the year of the small things. So what do you mean the small things? You know, sometimes what we do is we like to compare. But instead of, instead of having this comparison mindset, guys, maybe it's time just for you to start small. And maybe starting small is just starting with your attitude, starting with what you see, starting with what you're doing, starting with what you're building. Now, what you're building, somebody may have had it for five years already. It doesn't matter. It's new to you. It's new to you. So rejoice in that. Grow in that. Build in that. Don't weep because you don't have it. Don't weep because you got it years later than everybody else got it. Start with the small things. You know, I think about the mustard seed that Jesus talked about. That mustard seed, if you've, if you've literally held a mustard seed in your hand, I mean, it's almost like if you just move your finger, it'll fall over. It's so small. But Jesus said, that's, that's what the kingdom's like. You know, you think about that mustard seed. I mean, it's the smallest of seeds, but it grows to be so secure, so strong, so battle tested, so firm, so protective, you know, so dependable, you know, and, and it, it, it grows just to be such a great entity because it started off small. And for you, maybe the Lord wants you to start small. You know, and here's the thing about starting small like that seed. It's a beautiful thing. The more that, and I can only speak personally, I can't speak for you, but I can only speak in personal terms for me. With waiting on the Lord for anything, it's not one specific thing, but just waiting for the Lord for for answers, for guidance, for paths, for doors, for certain things. Learning to wait for him, what I've seen so far. It's not the um, it's not the waiting per se that I'm focused on as much anymore. It's it's what he's trying to make me to become. 
So yes, maybe there's things and there's doors and there's other opportunities that I don't have. But maybe I'm I'm learning to become battle tested so that I can be like that tree so that I can be so I can be really secure so that I can be really dependable so that I can be um, really firm, really strong, really battle tested, you know, and maybe that applies to you. And I hope it does apply to you. But look, at it's just so beautiful. And I hope you guys are seeing what I'm seeing. The question is just ridiculous that God himself asked to the people. Are you despising the day of the small things? So coming into 2023, guys, who you are, you may not be making big splashes like everybody else is making. You know, your life might not look and be as exciting as everybody else's life looks to be or seems to be. You may not have a photo book of things that you did last year or this year. You may not have that. But just because you don't have that, what are you doing? Are are you despising you? Are you despising what God has given you? Don't despise the day of the small things. I've despised it for, for way too many years. I can't despise it. You can't despise it. So what's going to happen this year for me and hopefully for you, but I've tried to make this very, um, very personal for me. I'm trying to make this year as God told Zerubbabel in Zechariah chapter four, I'm trying to make this year the year of the small things. And no matter how big or how small it looks to anybody else, I'm going to rejoice like it's the biggest thing in the world. Because you, you can't despise what the Lord has done. Don't despise the day of the small things. So then here's what else I'm seeing. This is crazy. Again, y'all see how this is connecting here? And all of this, you know, the undertones of Zechariah, of Ezra, um, Nehemiah, the undertones, uh, hey guy, the undertones of all these things is building. So in order to build something great as all of them did, they started with the small things. They started with the small things. Then number two, as, as I'm looking at this and as I'm seeing some stuff here, um, oh, this is crazy. Okay, so you got to start off with the year of the small things. Then number two, it's going to be the year of new sight. The year of new sight. Now, remember all the stuff we talked about in the first one in the year of the small things. Remember before those that had seen the old house we're, we're weeping because this is not, this is never going to be like our house was, quote unquote. But then the new generation, well, this is a great house. We should build what we have right now rather than thinking on the former days and the noise was so big, you couldn't determine who was, what was, what was happening. So now God, same thing here in Haggai chapter two, look at what he says. Same, same context here. Look at verse number three. Actually, just so you can see verse two. Speak now, Haggai, to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people that are building like we just saw in Zechariah chapter 4. Now look at what God says in verse 3 of Haggai chapter 2. Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? So God is directly asking through Haggai. So who's among you? that saw the, the glory of the first house. So that's why in Ezra chapter three, they were weeping. 
right? Oh yeah, we saw it. It was it was it was grand. It was it was shining. It was all this stuff. But then notice what God said. Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? So how do you see it now? Oh, look at the question God is asking. So who saw that? But then he says, how do you see it now? What I told you to build, how do you see it now? Here's the thing. This year, this year has to be the year of seeing things differently. How do you see things now? So because they were weeping, what was their answer? It's it's not going to be like it was, God. I can, I can never have those same feelings that I had before. I can never be as happy as I was before. I can never be as effective as I was before because it's gone. It's gone. So I can never have it. I'll, I'll never, nope, it'll never happen again. So my answer, I see it as nothing. How do you come and how do I come into every year? It's just not the same, God. It's just not the same. And do we come into every year with the same mindset? Things are going to roll over. It's essentially going to be the exact same. And then, it, and, then, and then it happens. See, told you. How do you see your state of your life right now, guys? Do you see the state of your life coming into 2023 just like they saw the new temple? Eh, it's nothing. It's like nothing. Then God asked the second question. How do you see it now? How do you see it now? Is it in your eyes in comparison just like nothing? You know, we got to start seeing things differently. You know, sometimes what we can do is we can downplay ourselves. And we've all done it. We can we can downplay ourselves to such a level where it's it's ridiculous. You know, it's ridiculous to how low you can downplay yourself. I mean, how do you see it now? It's just not the same, God. It's, it's not going to be the same. You know this. I mean, the material we're using is nowhere near the same material that Solomon gave us before. So what do we do now? So I want you to think about this. Look at the answer that God gives him in verse four. Yet, even though I know that, even though I understand that, yet, Right now, you be strong. You know, a lot of times the reason why, and again, I can't speak for you, but I can only speak for me, but maybe it fits for you. The reason why we look at the former days, like like Ecclesiastes 7.10, the reason why we think about better times and better this, and it was fun here, and it was the best times there, and I wish things could always be like this and always go back to that comparing to what things are like now. You know why we do that? Because right now I don't have the strength to handle what's happening now. I don't I don't want to build something new now. I don't want to grow into something new now. I don't want to develop and change and blossom into something and somebody new now. I want to go back to the comfortable me when everything was when everything was supposedly better. But God says, look, stop thinking about then. Right now, in this present moment, 
with Zerubbabel, with all the people, with all the materials that the, that that King Cyrus that I have allowed him to give you right now, instead of thinking about what you built before and what torn down in your life before and what's not working in your life before, I need you right now to be strong. God wants you to be strong right now, guys. And think about it. When you think about the former days, yes, there's a sense of joy, but there's also a sense of because you know how life works, the, the um, what's the right word? The odds of things going back to exactly that way are so low that it, it, it puts you in this sad state. But God says, look, right now, be strong. Be strong, O Zerubbabel, said the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, said the Lord. Be strong. And what do you do right now? Work. Be strong and work. So when we spend so many of our lives and conversations and phone calls and personal mental conversations, when we spend so much time thinking about how things used to be and how how many doors we missed and what could have happened and what didn't happen and what we wanted to happen and all these things. What are we not doing in that moment, guys, or in those months or in those years that we're stuck in that in that cocoon? We're not working. We're not being strong and we're not building. We're not blossoming to let those things change us to become better for the future. God told everybody, I need you right now. God said, God said, you look at this as nothing. But what I need you to do for your life right now, for what you're building for yourself and for me most, most of all, I need you to think right now and I need you to be strong right now. And I need you to work right now. So I want you to think about this for a minute. Did God have the power to make a temple for them? Absolutely. But he said, I need you to do it, though. I need you to work. Can God change whatever he wants to in your life right now? Absolutely, he can. But guess what? I need you to work and change right now. And guess what that means, guys? And again, this is another lesson that, that I've been taught and I'm learning now. When you work and you're serving and you're loving on others and helping others, you're not thinking about what could happen for you anymore. Not saying that you don't care about what's happening for you. Not saying that you shouldn't want certain things to happen for you. But you put yourself in a constant state where, where if I'm working for God and if I'm working for others, I'm not working for me. I want you to work. Isn't it interesting, guys, in Matthew chapter 5? And we're covering this here at West End. I'm so excited about uh, doing this next year. But remember in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, notice the specific words that God said in Haggai chapter 2. How do you see it now? That, that word see, this is going to be the year of new sight. How do you see it now? How do you see things now? Notice what Jesus said for the kingdom that he's building. Verse 16, let your light 
so shine before men the way that you love, the way that you build, the way that you take things, the way that you go through your life, the way that you trust me, the way that you depend on me, the way that you make disciples. Let your light so shine before men so that they might what? So that they might see. So guys, how are we going to let others see when instead of us seeing for ourselves, we're saying uh, it's nothing? Jesus later on said, well, that's just like the blind leading the blind. Guys, it's time to start seeing things different now. This is the year of new sight. Instead of looking at, and I, and I know, and I know the temptation's heavy. The temptation's heavy to look at, you know, who you're not and what you're not and what you don't have and what's happening and what's not working and, you know, the, the, you know, no answers and and no, um, almost like no comfort, but more suffering. I, I know the temptation is heavy to just dwell on those things and think on those things. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't work yourself to death to where you just try to work yourself to forget about those things. But it's, it's also understanding that life is not about those things. It's about being connected to the vine, John 15, being totally connected and dependent on him as a child is dependent on the father. And even despite the things that are happening that we understand that is going on in our lives right now, that God in his infinite love, mercy, protection, and justice will do what he needs to do for you. That's the year of the new sight. That's the year of things changing. That's the year of improvement. And that's the year of you breaking out of that cocoon and being better for you, for God ultimately, but for everyone around you. So what's going to happen this year? It's going to be the year of the small things. Maybe not biting off as much as I think I can bite off or you can bite off. It's looking at the foundation. It's not despising those things in my life that to others might look really small. I'm not going to despise those small things. Two, this is the year of the new sight. Seeing things different. Being different. Showing different. Three. As we kind of close this thought out, you guys, are you guys seeing how all this stuff is connecting as we're conversating on this? All this stuff is connecting because it's all the same. It's all the same context. But then three, this is going to be the year of being chosen. What do you mean? What what type of being chosen, right? Are we talking about being chosen with a, like, you know, like the, like the bachelor, <laughs> you know, like with a rose. Oh no, Chadwick chose me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is it, is it, is it, is it that type of chosen? I mean, it might be, I mean, I can't say, I can't say it won't happen. Right. But here's what type of chosen we're talking about. We're talking about being chosen, not by a person per se, or a thing per se, or by a job or other things but being chosen by God. Now, I want you to think about this concept before we get into um, our last couple texts here. Why is it so hard though, guys, as we're conversating on it and studying and pulling stuff out? Why is it? Why is the concept of being chosen by, by others and even by God? 
Either, either or. Either or. Why is this concept so hard for us? Number one, is it possible that it's hard? Because maybe, and, and we're being, you know, pretty, you know, we're being serious with, with these three here, but is it possible that you actually don't know what it feels like to get picked? You know, is it possible that you just you just don't know what that feels like? Two, is it possible that maybe you were just always an option and you were never really the first choice? Is it possible that three, maybe you really don't know what it feels like to be pursued or to be sought after? You know, maybe you just don't know. So if you've never felt those things, so how can God... Out of all people, how can God pick me? How can God make me priority choice? How can God pursue me? That doesn't, it's kind of off there. Why would that? Here's what the world teaches you. And I want you really to, I want all of you to see this because you might be sitting in this right now. The world through its subtle ways, it tries to teach you in different ways why you can't be chosen. You can't be chosen for this because you don't have enough money. You know, you don't you don't fit the demographic. So because you don't have enough money, you can't be chosen. You can't be chosen for this because, well, you're just not you're just not the right color. Who you are, what you are, you're just not what we're looking for. So you're not chosen. Well, you're also not chosen because of your age. If you were younger, maybe you'd be chosen. If you didn't have this, maybe you'd be chosen. If you didn't make these life choices, maybe you'd be chosen. So out of all these things that happen, this is why this is why I can't be picked. So then you hear a sermon, you hear a class, you hear a podcast, you, you're in a conversation. God chooses you. God wants you. No, he doesn't. I mean, I might know that, but he really doesn't. Why? Because his world doesn't. Because no one in this world has ever wanted me. No one in this world has ever wanted you. So why would God want me? Why would God want you? So keep all this in context, guys, and look at Haggai chapter 2. Let's go back real quick. So we just read, um, we just read in Haggai chapter 2, we just read verse 3 talking about being seen. But then I want you to look at verse 23, still talking to Zerubbabel. And you see how Zerubbabel was was uh, contextually the same in all these texts. And look at verse 23. In that day, said the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel. Now, what was Zerubbabel before? He was a slave. He was taken into a country with his people with He's chosen. I will pick you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Sheltiel, said the Lord, and I will make you a signet. Now, if you don't know what a signet is, a signet, remember those old medieval movies where someone's making a decree and then they have to put a stamp down on the letter to say, okay, this is this is basically official from the king. That's what a signet is. So God is using this as a sense of authority. This is what I'm going to make you. 
Zerubbabel. I will make you as a signet. Then he says this. I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. You know, it's an incredible thing to think. The God of heaven, he chose all of us. He chose all of us. But sometimes because we don't know what it feels like to be chosen here, then we automatically put that on God that, well, God has chosen everybody, so it's really not as special. It's really not. Is it, though? Look at what Jesus said in John 15. Here's the last one I want to look at. John 15, verse 16, talking to the disciples. Now, again, oh, the student was supposed to choose his rabbi. That's what was customary then. But Jesus being there, rabbi, verse 16, you have not chosen me. That's not how this worked. But I have chosen you and I have ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. But guess what else bring forth fruit also means? Building. And guess what else that also means? Working. That your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask in the in the Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command that you love one another. And bearing fruit is loving one another. Verse 17. It's the year of being chosen. It's the year of finally understanding. Even though I don't get it. Even though it doesn't make sense. Even though the world wouldn't choose me. Even though the world wouldn't choose you. God has chosen me. God has chosen you. What am I going to do? I should bear fruit. And how will I bear fruit? I'll follow his command. And what is that? Love one another as I have loved you. That's how we bear fruit. This year and the years moving forward, just like Zerubbabel and the people and the priests, they were all building that temple together as we saw in these accounts in Zechariah, Ezra, and Haggai. As they're building this, it's not as grand as it was before. It's not as amazing as it was before, but it was chosen and it was God-ordained. So moving forward, guys, maybe for us, in our lives, maybe instead of focusing on the giant things in our lives that we want to change, maybe it's time to start with the small things. Maybe it's time to have the year of new sight, seeing things differently than we've seen them before. Maybe this is the year of truly understanding. Instead of fighting this idea because of certain reasons that you really can't control why you're not chosen. Maybe it's time to understand the creator of heaven has chosen you.
And maybe it's time to really work within that and really follow his commands. I want this year to be different, don't you? Maybe it's time to pull this out and maybe it's time for us to build too. Man, I hope you guys were seeing what I was seeing. I was just sitting here in the office and I got the stuff pulled up and it's just just kind of blew my mind this morning. I was like, man, I, I guess this is it. <laughs> you know, I think this is going to be 2023. I think this is how we start the year off. So, um, man, I just I appreciate you guys and um, we've built together, you know, being a part of this podcast, being a part of helping people and we've built together. So, I mean, let's let's keep building as as a as a podcast family and let, let's do it together. Let's serve him together. Let's work together. Um, let's love each other, each other together. And um, let's let's let everyone else see what we're seeing. So, Lord willing, uh, we'll be back with another podcast on Monday. Appreciate you guys. Hopefully this year, Lord willing, will be a year of this and uh, the Lord will work and, and help us. And um, so we can help more people. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Again, if you all need anything, DM, send messages. You won't be the first. Send a me- if you need encouragement, whatever you need, um, all the links will be under um, the audio. They're, they're on the YouTube page as well. If you already have the Facebook pages and all that and the Instagram pages, it's all there. So appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.